0: Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. And I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Doing well. How about yourself? I tell you what. I'm a little. I'm a little upset. Uh, I, after I. After I, I. I went to. I went to work out today, and I, I walked into the. Um, walked into the locker room. Now, mind you, there hasn't been any problems here, right? And my gym's been open for months now. so it's not like this is something that's you know gotten out of control or anything like that. There hasn't been any uh, social distancing, no mask wearing anything like that. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I go in there today and I see this sign in there right now it's in German, but I'm just kind of you know translating of course, but uh, it says, we ask that you keep distance in between now mind you there's signs all over the place there must be 10-15 signs per row of lockers and they're all on the lockers themselves right and they're they're lock, or they're they're supposed to be locked but they're not so basically you can have a locker but the one next to it has to be vacant and then the one next to it someone else can use right because you have to keep distance for whatever the hell reason at this point so it says we ask you to please keep distance from your fellow man and we appreciate you doing so and then it says Just to make sure that you're doing that, we've taken the liberty of locking this locker so no one can utilize it to to ensure that you keep distant. And underneath of that, they're talking to you, of course, like you're like you're five. Uh, It says act with some sense. And then below that, I love this part below that. It says together we can do it with a smiley face. Does anyone else feel like they're being demeaned like they're five years old in any of this? Because I do. I do. And it's disgusting. It's sick. And I'm not a child and I won't be treated like one either. This agenda that's being pushed is uniformed across the board. And it's not by coincidence that we're seeing it the way that it is being portrayed to us. It's not by coincidence. That's not done by chance. It's being done that way on purpose. We've explained why they're doing it on purpose, and it's because they're headed for January. They're headed for a reset. So they need to keep us all distracted and fighting amongst ourselves and threatening us with this uh, this pandemic because we're hearing what? Cases, infections, cases, infections, spikes. Are these common terms we're hearing? But we're not seeing deaths. And in the meantime, when you try to get back to some kind of normal, they squeeze down a little harder. Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've got more cases showing up here, so we need to stop. Stop what you're doing. And we need to kind of dial it back a little bit. You, you notice when when people try to assert, like reassert themselves, then you get knocked back a couple of steps because they don't want people to feel like, OK, we're reasserting control. No, 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 no. They want to make sure that they keep us locked in a box. Literally, in some cases, we talked about football here the last couple of days. I think they're talking about putting pods in in football stadiums in the US, mm-hmm. which is it's absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. The numbers where I'm at, according to the official government numbers of deaths, the, the official numbers they've put out 0.032, you, you're going to you're going to shut down everything. You're going to alter society based on that. Yes, there is a real virus out there. Yes, it's very communicable and it's a souped up form of the common cold. That's what it is. When they do testing, they're testing for a Corona virus. There is not one coronavirus. There are many. So when they test for that, and you've had a cold, a flu, a sinus infection, pneumonia, strep throat, well, strep throat is bacteriological, but if you have any of these things, runny nose, subjective fever, which is couple of degrees above normal, if that, then you're going to test positive for that. Even if you have antibodies, even if you've had something like that, you're going to test positive and they're just going to say, oh, well, you're asymptomatic. They have to continue the agenda. See, it doesn't stop until they can figure out what to do. So I talked to Bruce today and we decided that we're going to cover part of what we covered before when we talked about the agenda of societal change, when we talked about the reset and recovery that they're headed for at the World Economic Forum. Well, there's another part to that. There's a couple other. there's a couple more parts to that, actually. But we need to give it some time. Uh, We want to get Marty back on for it. He's just gotten back from Italy. So we're going to sit down with him uh, and I just sent him the uh, the topic for it today and the outline of what we're going to do. So what we're going to do, we're also going to cover something you might have heard before. uh, And the popular term was Agenda 21 from the United Nations. Now, you're not hearing anything about Agenda 21 any longer. It's gone away. Agenda 21 was out there. It was right on their website. They weren't hiding it. Uh, And there were those of us that decided we were going to obtain and read Agenda 21 about 10 years ago. And as horrible as it was, we knew that they were headed for some kind of agenda such as that. And now they've pushed that back. They're behind. They're they're behind in times. They need to move forward and they need to move forward fast because people are on to what they're actually trying to do. Uh, and that awakening is is growing more and more each day and each week. Case in point, the protests of over a million people in the streets of Berlin last week. People are on to them. People know. So they've had to push their agenda back. And on top of them pushing the agenda back, they've added a few more things to it. And they've brought in a few more people into the fold, shall we say, into the agenda to help them carry it out. So if they can bring in all these people, they can bring in all these parties and and work collectively towards the one goal. If they put all their differences aside for a time to obtain that goal, then they've really accomplished something. They'll fight over the spoils later. But they're unified on that one agenda. And that agenda we're going to talk about is entitled UN Agenda 2030. And if you think, if you think, think, okay, well, that's um, no, that's that's some kind of crazy conspiracy theory, right? No, that's that's nuts. That's nonsense. I advise you go to UN.org slash sustainable development. It's right there. It's right on their website. They're not trying to hide it. There's a 17 point process in how they plan to reshape the globe nine years from now. And you're going to see popular things in there, things that you're starting to see the terms just now come out, you know, inequality, clean resources, clean energy, all that stuff. We're we're going to talk about all that. We're going to get in depth into each one of those things might even have to be a two parter. Depending on how much time we can use. But in the coming days, those are some of the things that we're going to be going over. And like I said, that's that might, I hope that's not a two parter. I hope we can do that in an hour, but there's a lot to cover there. So I'm not sure we can get to that because there's a lot uh, that's in there. So we might have to do that in a two part special. But that is imperative that people understand what that is and what's coming because that's part of this reset button that's what that is. The reset button is coming. You're going to start hearing that term more and more reset. For those of you that don't know what that is yet, if you're a new listener, which I know we're picking those up every day and we thank you all very much. Welcome. Thank you. But we're just trying to get information out. We're trying to get people to have these discussions in their own circles. That's what has to happen because there's a way to beat this. There is a way to beat this. Now, is it is it an easy thing to beat? No, but it is possible anyway. So that's what we got coming up down the line. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ramble in the opening there, but that's what we got coming up down the line. I wanted to get into something a little bit more local today. I wanted to start start off with something local. Bruce, you're from Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. There is a very angry individual down there that shot somebody for trying to take down his flag, uh, his Nazi flag at that. Uh, Now, look, how can I even say this? Because, OK, I don't support that. Never have, never will. But I'm a supporter of free speech. Mm-hmm. Someone walks around with uh, a communist flag. No one says anything about that. So someone goes around you know, I don't approve. Right. Someone walks around with a flag with a hammer and sickle on it. I don't approve. But it's your right to fly that flag if that's what you want to make a statement about. So in this case, I'm looking at it as a free speech thing. Now, same thing goes if someone has a flag with a swastika on it. If someone has a flag that they're flying, obviously, you can't do that where I'm at. But I'm talking about in the United States here because this happened in Oklahoma. Someone does that. That, again, I don't agree with it. I don't approve of it. Personally, I would never do such a thing because I don't agree with any of it. But... Again, that's your right to do that. It's up to society to look at that person, be it one side or the other, to look at that person who's done that, who's making that statement and say, I don't agree with that guy and I'm going to not associate myself with him. I'm not going to uh, do business with him, that kind of stuff. Society yeah. will shun them and rightfully so. But again, that's their right to do that. Same thing if someone goes out and burns an American flag. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with that at all. But if you want to do that as a sign of your protest, OK, fine. I, personally, I don't know why you don't just leave. But right. if I'm mean, seriously, I mean, if you're going to do that. And I mean, I might in that case, I, I might grab that burning flag from you just because it's an open flame. Right. You don't want anyone to get hurt. Right. So sure. I mean, if you, you, you want to spread either. Right. And you, you don't want yeah, anyone I'm else sure. to get burned. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. Just for safety purposes, of course.
1: Sure. Some places are in drought,
0: you know. Right. 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 Nonetheless, Mm -hmm. I I don't agree with it, but that's their right to do it. So I'm not taking sides Mm -hmm. here. Uh, At all. I'm not doing that by any stretch of the imagination. I'm looking at the side of free speech when it comes to it. And some would argue, well, it's not free speech if you're promoting that. Okay. If that's the case, then why in the mainstream does one side get excused and the other one doesn't? Why is there a double standard? So you can argue that back and forth all day long. We're not going to go there with it. More to the point, the person that went to take it down from this man's property, he shot them. Now they didn't Mm -hmm. die, but he shot them. So what's the deal with this case? Where, first of all, where is this case and, and what's the deal with it? What, what's going on with it? OK, so this happened in, uh, well, it just says Oklahoma, but uh,
1: where exactly? I wasn't able to see. But nonetheless, uh, this guy was put on a $500,000 bail. They're saying... Uh, it uh, he was charged with assault and battery with a deadly weapon. Kendall McVeigh is the uh, the what you want to call victim uh, criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. She stole from him in the first place. Right. She ran. She okay. came on his property at 255 in the morning, stole the flag and then ran off and he shot her. So she came from a party which was happening from across the street.
0: OK, so they were trying
1: and so they were drinking. Uh, So he's saying that um, basically he was arguing that his bail was set way too high and that he was um, defending his property. It was self-defense. He was concerned for his own life, so on and so forth. He was also saying that this uh, McVeigh should be charged with larceny, trespassing, public intoxication, and a hate crime. He's saying that the hate crime bit is because he's... Uh, he believes uh, national socialism is the way forward. The Nazis had a right, the right idea, and she was only attacking him because of his
0: um, ideology. Um, okay, so so he's a disturbed individual. Okay, got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and honestly, there 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 could be an element of uh, PTSD or something. He he served ten okay. years in the military and he okay. was desto- he was deployed in afghanistan and, and iraq so there is an element of he could be you know ptsd or something um mm-hmm. so something going on there he's been a nazi for 2 to 3 years uh they
0: said so he's an actual like he believes in all that stuff and he's he's really one of these national socialist types he he's really one of those he he believes in it yeah he he
1: really does believe okay. in it um he says the the u.s is not far off from uh the weimar republic uh in the early 30s and basically his argument is is our economic status is very similar and it's um about the time that uh adolf hitler took power and um he believes that uh something similar could be used to uh you know bring america make make america um great if you will um now I say that he's not a Donald Trump supporter, obviously national socialist. But anyway, had his weapons confiscated, he shot seven times at um, McVeigh, wounded her. Uh, well, you know, multiple times. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, it was lower abdomen and legs oh. uh, is oh. where he shot her. Um, she's had to go through multiple surgeries and several several weeks of hospitalization. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing: she trespassed. Stole from him. Shouldn't have been doing that. You probably were public uh, intoxication. That probably was a thing. And you did attack him for his political beliefs. But honestly, it, it's a freaking flag. Seriously, there, there's no reason he should have shot her over a flag. I mean, he was saying that he he thought he was, um uh you, you know, in danger and for his life and so on and so forth. That was his argument. But when you look at the surveillance footage, which he has security system, he was sitting at his front door, watching and waiting. And when someone stole from him, he went out and shot her. And when he shot her, she was running away. She wasn't running towards. So there's no argument that he was afraid for his life. He just shot her because he, she stole from him. Okay. I believe in protection of private property. I believe in our right to have the second amendment and and protect our property and so on and so forth. But
0: really shooting someone over stealing a flag yeah it's Uh, kind of ridiculous um, sorry like yeah that's not if someone is on your let's say that let's uh, you know change the scenario a little bit let's say that she trespasses on his property and she's standing out there with a baseball bat or something calling for him to come out of the house and she starts smashing up stuff on his lawn okay all right that's different yeah Yeah. that's that's completely different but snatching a flag whether you agree with it or not that's i'm sorry there's no there's no call to shoot somebody like that i know you guys have the castle doctrine and all but okay and by the way He's not completely wrong on his historical reference either as as somebody that's looked at that particular uh, time period in history. We are pretty much in the U.S. We're right there. We're right there where Weimar Germany was. We're just not to the point of hyperinflation yet, but we are there. Yeah. His bail. Did I did I mention his bail was lowered? Uh he didn't win that
1: part. Uh, his bail was lowered from
0: five hundred thousand to seventy five thousand What do you think's going to happen to him? as someone who's in that state i mean if, I don't know exactly how tough your legal system is what What do you think's going to happen?
1: I think he'll be found guilty i I think assault uh, and battery he's going to be found guilty of it um, but the castle doctrine, yes we we do have a castle doctrine, but typically that only applies for um when when they're breaking into your property i mean when when they're running away from you uh a way like running to get off your property yeah she stole your flag but there there's no threat of life there there's no reason to use that level of force he uh, he doesn't have a good defense at all uh, i think he's going to lose this one and he will uh, he'll end up in prison uh that that's that's my conclusion and you know what this scenario like i said i believe in in protection uh, you know the your, your second amendment rights and, and private property protecting it blah 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 Come on, man. This this is no. So honestly, at the very least, he should be put into a loony bin um, at the very least, because it, it does look like just visually looking at him. I would say, OK, there there's it looks like he has some issues and, you know, maybe just get him checked out, you know, and, and make sure everything's good. You know, make sure he doesn't have like PTSD or something or there isn't some issue there that's uh, that we can treat and help him through,
0: you know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, If you could put him, you know, guilty by reason of insanity or something. Is that is that possible? I I mean, yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for the guy mentally. You know, he's probably suffering because, I mean, for God's sake, look what he believes in. So, right. You know, I mean, how 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 much more crazy can you get? So, well, well, okay, maybe I shouldn't go that far with it because you can get a lot more crazy than that. And speaking of that, speaking of getting crazy like that, Nancy Pelosi, man, that woman's crazy. She's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she has absolutely lost her mind. She says that they will not sit down now at the table with the GOP or the White House unless they agree to at least two trillion dollars of stimulus. That's the only way she won't sit down any other way. I mean,
1: uh, I, I'm I'm stuck. I'm kind of in a rock and a hard place on this one. Honestly, there is still a lot of places that are shut down and. Some places do need a bailout, you know, for example, uh, referencing New York, the business up there you know, the, the video recently where de Blasio was talking with a store owner, I believe, and he was saying, you know, we need some help. Mm -hmm. I I do believe that there's issues here and and there are places that should be reopened and they should be allowed to do business because the government has no right telling you you can't do business. But I don't think it's the job of the federal government to 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 uh, bail them out at, at this point. There was no federal mandate that says you all have to shut down. You know, that's, that's not at the federal level. If the Fed said that, okay, I would say, okay, well, Fed, you're going to have to pay for it, right? You're going to have to bid to to make sure these businesses stay alive and these people are able to continue living their life. But it's happening at the local level. It's happening at the state level. So- These places that uh, the businesses are being told to shut down, I think the president uh, should come out and say, look, you guys want to continue having a lockdown. You're going to have to figure out a bailout plan for those businesses using your own funds and uh, because you're not going to get any federal aid. You know, I mean, I think he should be tough on that. uh, Personally, Um, these states and these cities need to be doing the bailouts, not not the Fed. And uh, like I said, it shouldn't be shut down at all. These businesses should be open again. Um, doing another bailout is only going to put us in more debt. It's only going to make the the collapse even more painful when it comes—not if it comes, but when it comes. Because uh, unless we can we can we can avoid the collapse, right, of our economy and our currency, if we can cut the spending. But um, good luck with that. We haven't had a physical budget, in how long?
0: Uh, it's been over a decade. Just just saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's about 15 so,
0: years now, I believe. Yeah. Something like that. You you mentioned a couple of things there. You mentioned de Blasio <laughs> turning his back on, uh, on a business owner. Right? It, so de Blasio goes down to Chinatown, right? And he goes to visit a couple of businesses and a grocery store owner walks up to him and says, we've been taking a hit since January. We've lost our Chinese New Year. We lost our busiest day of the year for our community. The most festive holiday that we have. Then COVID happened. Now we are all hurting. So bad. What we need is people's confidence. De Blasio turns around and he says, uh, "It's just a difference of opinion." That's that's the bottom line. And then the grocer says, "Well, we need help. We need more confidence." The the mayor, like, De Blasio, he turns his back on this guy. He literally, like I saw the video, Bruce, you saw the video too. The guy turns his back on the business owner, and he says, as he's walking away, "That's very unfortunate." What kind of a mayor are you? What what kind of an elected representative are you? Saying you're a man of the people, you're a disgrace. You're an absolute disgrace turning your back on your supposed constituency. Bruce, you talked there about the states not getting federal funds. De Blasio has also said that 20, was it 22,000 jobs, 22,000 city employees will not be able to be kept on the payroll and now he's asking the feds, he's asking Trump for a bailout because he says, well, if we can't do that, then we can't continue operating because the money's not within the city budget. So de Blasio said that he's going to cut, I think it was what is it, somewhere, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 to 25,000 city employees because he can't keep them on the payroll. So now he's asking the feds for a bailout. And I say no, no states, none. No states get bailouts. Zero. The fed is not responsible or the federal government. I have to be specific here, I guess. That's another thing we're going to talk about with 2030 is the damn Fed and what they're doing. That's criminal in mm-hmm. and of itself. So the states are asking the Fed or the federal government, rather, for a bailout. And you know what they're going to do. You can already see the agenda. It's going to be, oh, well, all these employees, you see all these employees, 20,000 employees. We've had to put them out of a job because uh, that that Trump guy, he, he won't give us the money. You see what Trump's doing? He won't give us the money we need. You decided to lock down. You decided to put in these draconian policies. You decided to put in this unconstitutional and illegal police state in your state and in your city. You're the one that's pushing businesses out. You're the one that's pushing residents out. We're gonna talk about New York real estate here in just a minute. But as far as the federal government bailing out states. Absolutely not. You want someone like me, someone you have to convince. You want the middle of the rotors, right? We're the ones you have to convince. You want someone like me to turn on someone like Donald Trump or any other politician that represents the federalist system that then turns around and ignores it. You want us to turn on that electorate because we will. We will. So uh, just
1: uh, just to reiterate, if a state or a city decides to enact their own plan, their own policy, what have you, at the state or local level, and it fails, you're kind of on your own. Like, it's not the job of the American people to bail you out. It was your choice as a state or a city to do whatever that's our federalist system right you' we're, we're kind of like our own little countries inside of a, a a country right and we're all supposed to be part of a union It's kind of kind of similar to to the EU in a, in a sense, right we're, we're multiple countries under one banner that, that that's the union, right So if you decide to do something, you're on your own. sorry. I mean, unless it was something that the Fed said, OK, we have to shut down. You know, we have to shut down across the board. If they did that, then OK, well, then now it's the job of the Fed to pay it off. So no. Uh this this stuff that these mayors and governors are doing. Sorry, you're going to have to foot the bill. And if you can't do it, if you can't foot the bill, then maybe you should have thought of that before you told everybody to shut down. And maybe the electorate, you know, maybe maybe you guys should. I don't know. Think about electing someone else, you know, the constituents. Maybe, maybe, maybe you guys should look at and not elect these socialist dictators or, 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 you know, maybe, maybe you should elect someone that's more interested in, I don't know, helping your state or city instead of um, destroying it, making the government bigger and more controlling. And yeah, but, you know, it's just, just thought
0: what is this doing to New York real estate? That's the question. Because people are leaving that city. We talked about how there's around 500,000 people that left the city. What was it, two weeks ago? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. 500,000 people. A record 300, excuse me. Yeah, it's going to be 300. A record 13,117 apartments have been listed for rent in Manhattan. That number has doubled since last year. And you know something? The real estate prices are going to continue to plummet. What did we talk about the other day? $937,000 Nine hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars a month for rent in Midtown Manhattan. If you're a business, right? Victoria's <laughs> Secret, one of the biggest businesses uh-huh. down there. Nine hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars a month to have an, a Midtown Manhattan location. That's insane. Yeah, they're pulling that's up rent shop alone. That's yeah. That's just rent. They're pulling up shop. I guarantee you, they're pulling up shop. They're pulling up shop. Bryant Park Grill. They're pulling up shop. These are big businesses. Mm-hmm. And how much longer before other businesses start pulling up shop too? That's the question because. People are saying, well, we're not going to do business there. We don't want to go through all this. We don't want to pay all these taxes. We don't want to pay all this high price rent. Not if you have to go through all this nonsense for something that kills three one hundredths of one percent, unless you're in a nursing home in New York, God forbid. Sorry, I mean to touch a nerve there, Bruce.
1: Oh no, right. uh, you're you're right. But you also have the Michigan governor doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's thing. true. That's true. She vetoed that bill that was to uh ban exactly that. It was it was a bill to put forward to ban um, putting COVID positive patients into
0: retirement homes and she vetoed it. So mm. um, Yes, that I remember. We did talk about that. But yeah. anyway, OK, so uh, according to the uh, Element report of Miller Samuel Incorporated, the number of vacant apartments is the largest since they began recording the data 14 years ago. The number of new leases signed in Manhattan also dropped 23 percent. So people aren't even moving in. At all. It's not like they're putting up something for rent. They're not putting up a residence for rent and then moving somewhere else in the city. That'd be one thing. Do you know how hard it is to find someplace to live in Manhattan during a good time? It's next to impossible. You spend $5,000 a month and you're you're lucky to get a one-bedroom basement apartment with water leaking from a crack in the wall. But rental prices are also coming down. They're coming down fast. Landlords are trying to entice tenants to move into their buildings. So the average rental price for apartments in Manhattan dropped 7.6%. A studio will will run an average of $2,668 a month, while a two-bedroom apartment averages $4,620 a month. So to be honest with you, that's not... It's not too bad if you're in Manhattan. That's not bad. It's not bad at all.
1: Yeah, in Manhattan, but around here, man,
0: four thousand dollars, you're getting a freaking oh, mansion. Yeah. Oh, of course you can. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's why that's why these people are leaving. They're taking all that money. That's the problem. You work in New York. You live on New York money. That's what it is. Right. But right. if if you're making one hundred and twenty grand a year in New York, you're living hand to mouth, right? You're you're living hand to mouth. You're not even saving anything. You're making enough money for rent to cover your expenses and for food. That's it. So that's hand to mouth. If you make 120 grand a year in rural America, as you said, Bruce, you can live almost like a king. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. You know, you got a house yeah. on the golf course. You got a couple of cars and a pool. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, it's not too bad. But see, these people, this is what they're doing. They're leaving the cities. They're fleeing. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. The people that are in these cities and we've talked about people moving to rural America before. These people really don't grasp the concept of freedom like those of us that come from rural America. So the problem I see is a long-term one, but it's it's not quite in the long term, it's in the short term. So 5 to 10 years, you'll have the same problem in rural America as what you've got in the cities now because these people don't know any better. They'll vote for the same kind of policies in the areas that they move to case in point, you look at Texas. Texas is purple. We've been talking about Texas, right? Texas is purple. Texas is not going to go red for very much longer because you have California transplants moving in down there saying, oh, it's great to be here. You don't have a state income tax, which Texas doesn't, by the way. You don't have a state income tax. Okay. well, how long do you think that's going to last with a bunch of people coming from California that don't know anything about it? They're going to vote for a they're going to vote for an income tax at some point because they want all kinds of social programs. You left a failing hellhole because of those policies. And now you're going to move to a new place that doesn't have those policies that actually builds itself up, that actually has a good, solid, stable community, and you're going to vote for policies and you're going to vote for people that want to turn around and wreck everything? That's sick. That's sick. Half of me says you almost have to move to the middle part of America and you have to pass laws to keep that kind of nonsense out. That's what half of me says. But if you do that, we're not America, are we? So I mean, where's the line in the sand? Where, where's the line in the sand? I, I mean, uh, seriously, because when someone moves and, and they put essentially when you start putting in all those uh, those, those uh, policies like that, you're essentially you're, you're living on borrowed time at that point. So, and we see the results now of what's happened in the cities after decades of this failed policy. They're not showing any signs of stopping in the cities, are they? They're doubling down on everything. Now they're wanting to go through and disband and defund the police, the, the courts, the jails, all of it. That That's not going to fix anything. That's going to create failed hellholes, right? They're already failed hell holes, mostly. Chicago's pulling up the bridges to stop the rioting because they don't know what else to do. Trump's offering help. He's offering to go in and fix that problem. But... Mayor Lightfoot has said, no, she doesn't have any interest whatsoever in stopping any of that, as far as I'm concerned. So people leave the cities. They go out to rural America. You know, you've got good old fashioned Americana type atmosphere out there. You got the mom and pop diners, you got the mom and pop stores, which they're hurting, by the way, because of the policies that are in the bigger cities and the financial hubs. So what do you do? What do you do if you have people bring in that ideology? What do you do if they don't adopt the ways of where they move to in the rural parts of the country? What do you do? That's not rhetoric.
1: Yeah, know. I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to figure out what do you do in those communities because that's exactly what's happening. The you're having like New Yorkers and people from California, and whatnot, moving to like Texas or or Kentucky or you know different different more rural areas, and they're just buying property like they, sight unseen. They just buy it, you buy it up, and that's causing the property prices to skyrocket in in those areas where people that are from that area. We can't afford like when when you're making like forty thousand fifty thousand dollars a year, you can't afford to have a home that was you know a hundred and fifty two hundred thousand uh to skyrocket to those you know, million dollar prices that you're seeing in places like California and and New York, you can't afford that. Right. So it's going to end up pushing them out. And where are they going to go? It's not like they can go to a big city and and go, you know, start up. It's a, it's going to be, it feels like this is intentional. This feels like they're wanting to screw these cities over so they can cause the upheaval and then they can come in with their, their ideas of, of the, um, the you know, 2030 uh, or, or Agenda 21 or whatever you want to, you know, the, those kind of ideas and be like, hey, we can fix it. You know, um, we, we got the system. We'll we'll put everybody into these domiciles, basically. I mean, it's not even an apartment. Bums. It's smaller than an apartment. Yeah, it's. Oh, yeah. It's We're going to talk. About the co- We're going to
0: talk about the coffins. We're going to talk about the plastic coffins. Yeah. That's what they are.
1: Yeah. But. I feel like it's, this is all intentional, pushing towards that direction and then using technology to track, um, you know, essentially a social credit system. Uh, right now, the social credit system is, is there, it looks like they're going to base it upon your health or uh you know covid-19 related uh things that's the current trend along with global warming and who knows what other virus or or disease comes up or or something um so it, it looks like they're trying to create a germophobic um green uh uh society so i don't know man it just it it they're feels like long, everything's pushing that direction
0: they're out long becoming
1: sick yeah that's yeah, what they exactly doing. honestly it feels like we're pushing farther down that road and closer to that kind of ideology, that that future, if you will. And here in the rural areas, I don't know what you do. Do, do, do you bar people coming from other states? You can't do that constitutionally. Do you say, well, we're not going to have these policies? You can't really do that either because let's say you do mandate it and say, you know, we're not going to have uh, such and such social program. Well, that's great. But once you get the new mayor or governor in, they'll revert it. So I I don't know, unless you can get an actual law passed and it take years to litigate the reversal of it, it'll buy you time. But man, I I honestly, I'm not really sure what you do. If, If the people that are moving here don't change their ideology and start. I mean, you can't come from a big city and go into the rural areas and then try to think like you did in the big city. It's it's a completely different environment and world. And it just I feel like we're going to lose our rural communities. It's going to screw everything over.
0: It could. It could. But at the same time, it could also go the other way, couldn't it? It could. If people adopt it, if people come out and they say, well, wait a minute, it's pretty good out here. Maybe I should kind of go along with this. And people do. A good amount of people probably will, but you'll always have that that group that will not. So, I think that it's an opportunity to rebuild. Let me use a Green New Deal term. It's an opportunity to rebuild the deindustrialized communities. This is what's brought up in the Green New Deal, which we, we can make reference to that as well because that's that goes along with that is 2030, isn't it? That's the climate side mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah, we can get into that as well. I still got that, I think, right over here. Yeah, it's right over here. But it's an opportunity to rebuild what's been destroyed. It's an opportunity to do that. But it's going to require hard work. It's going to require dedication. It's going to require acclamation. all the above. But again, you know, I, I I say you have to pass laws to keep that kind of stuff out. But where do you stop with it? That's the that's the problem. Do you outlaw ideologies that are destructive. It's as simple as that. It's destructive. We outlaw authoritarianism, don't we? I mean, that's illegal, but they do it. I mean, technically it is illegal. I mean, technically speaking, the entire constitution
1: is to combat tyranny. But, you know, here we are.
0: Yeah, here we are. Speaking of cities, Minneapolis. Do do you remember the place that that where this all started, where where it got burned down up there? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Minneapolis, the city of Minneapolis, I kid you not, the city of Minneapolis tells residents with riot-wrecked buildings that they can't clean up. They can't even clean up or rebuild until they've paid their 2020 property taxes in full. In full. They, they've got to come at them with all of their owed tax money before they can even do anything with that property. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that that's ripe for that land to go in and be seized and then redesigned yep. and repurposed for what? 2030. They let the neighborhoods go up. They let everything go down. They flush those groups down the line. They come in, buy everything up for pennies on the dollar or seize it and then implement their new system and then build it up, let the corporations do it from the inside. Isn't that where we're going with it?
1: Is it? Is it possible to... I'd have to do research. Is it possible to make a location unbuildable or at least really expensive to build on? I think because essentially... Because honestly...
0: We need GP for that, but I think you'd have to condemn the property. Does that sound right? Well,
1: what what I mean is, so I'm looking at not paying the tax. All right, and instead, out of spite of the government, completely destroying the property, so it's going to cost them an arm and a leg to build on it. Right? So, so like I'm meaning like destroying the foundation and everything, like like. Uh, I, I don't know, replacing it with sand or something. I mean, making it to where it's really difficult and unstable to to actually build there. Uh, I, I don't know what you could do feasibly, but you know, I'm not I'm not a construction type. I, I would try to figure out a way just to stick it to the government and leave and just bail and move to a different city, move to a different state. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm petty like that, though. I don't like yes, the government. You, when the government starts doing those tyrannical things, I, I look for ways <laughs> that I can stick it to them without being violent.
0: You're one of those people that will fight on principle all the way to the end. And I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. The city of Minneapolis suffered around 1500 heavily damaged buildings with 150 set fire to and dozens burned to the ground. The city suffered half a billion dollars in estimated damages from the riots following the uh the George Floyd murder. Of course we have to talk about that, don't we? Defenders of government's necessity argue that the pro- government's necessity, you hear this? Defenders uh-huh. of government's necessity argue that the protection of life and property is allegedly one of the goods government uniquely provides. And for which we pay taxes, yet Minneapolis demonstrably did a terrible job on this task. It's because they told the police to stand down. They didn't stop Uh the riots when they should have. But rather the government delivers on what it promises, it will always be diligent in insisting we pay for those promises. I would tell all of those people in the city government to stuff it. Go kick rocks. I would band together with all the other business people. If you're going to stay there, if you're going to stay in Minneapolis, which I'm not sure why you would, to be fair, but if you're going to stay there, I would band together with all the other business owners of all the properties, uh, all the owners of the properties that went up, and I would round on it together. What are they going to do? They're going to send the police after you. They're going to hit you with fines. I would go out and I would start cleaning up the business. I would start cleaning up the lots. I would rebuild. We have to start somewhere don't we?
1: Humor me for a minute. Let me, let me read you this. All right. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are empowered by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Okay, case in point. There you go. You guys, the government is no longer protecting your life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness. Why are you supporting that government?
0: Hence why I've asked the question before, the police. Why are the police protecting these people that are advocating these policies to take those things away? I don't understand. Is it just...
1: Real quick, for those that aren't aware and don't know what document I was just reading from, that is the Declaration of Independence just thought i would throw that out there that's that's our foundational document that is our goal to me to all men are created equal that that is the goal right life liberty and the pursuit of happiness that is the goal and that's why we have government and anyway sorry
0: well, no you're you're right and the the pursuit of happiness In this case, as what we're referencing here in this context, that's a business. That's your pursuit of happiness. That's what you want to do. You spend your life building a business. You put time, you put effort, you put yourself into that business because you want to create something. You want to offer something up to the community. You want to better the community. You're trying to build the community up with other people in that community that also have businesses. So you work together to better everyone else and to lift all of it up. And the city wants it burnt down. They want to take that pursuit of happiness away from you. And even if you're not a business owner, if you're just a simple resident, you have a job somewhere else, you don't own a business, but you frequent those establishments. You still have a right of pursuit of happiness. You gain happiness by going to those places, by supporting those local businesses that in turn allow them to turn around and give back to the community. That's a pursuit of happiness. What about the people that just want to own a home? That's your pursuit of happiness, right? You want to own your own home. So anyway, no, again, again, you're right. Some people, some people just want to be left alone, right? Well, most people just want to be left alone. I'll go a step further with it. Most people just want to be left alone. I myself, I want to be left alone. That's all. I want people to be left alone as well. The whole point of America being founded was the idea that, hey, we're going to be left alone by our government. You're going to be able to govern yourself. They don't need to do it for Mm -hmm. you. That's the point. But now we've gone past that. See, with all of this lockdown stuff, all this COVID nonsense, this is all about them not leaving you or I or anyone else alone. They know best. They're going to teach us, the stupid ones, how to behave. Well, you know something? Right. I'm not five years old. I don't need to be told what to do by a government. You know, you can call me an American rebel or whatever you want to call me. But they keep pushing this idea that we're too stupid to take care of ourselves, they're going to understand what taking care of yourself is going to be all about because there's not going to be anyone to take care of them when this all comes unhinged. And that's where they're pushing it, which is why we're going to talk about 2030 and why we Mm -hmm. continue to talk about the reset button. It's all going to come unhinged because they're going to usher in a new era to try and overwrite society. The social contract that was made 500 years ago, the Renaissance, what gave us the right to self-govern, the initial stages of it.
1: That's uh by the way, that that's a very good point about the self-governing because in reading what I just read uh, the the declaration there, you could argue and say, "Well, part of life is the government to mandate that we should be wearing masks and we should shut down, right? Cuz it's ensuring life." But here's the big catch with all of this. The entire reason government's established is to ensure that the individual can self-govern themselves for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and to ensure that the government stays out of the way and ensures that those rights are upheld. That is what the government's job is. Not to mandate, not to dictate, not to do tyrannical stuff. But anyway, I, I get a little bit impassioned when we... <laughs> I'm very passionate about the the our, our, our foundation and and when we get into that, it it, it 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 pains me seeing seeing our country in the way it is.
0: Me as well, and I don't quite understand where people are. And by that, I mean, I don't understand where people's mindset is. And I'm talking about America. and I'm not meaning any disrespect to Europeans. I know we have a lot of European listeners from many different countries. You're doing what you can in your respective nations as well. And and that's admirable. But I'm looking at my own people here. Where are the American people? I'm looking at what happened after 9-11, right? I'm looking at that. Those of us that were 18 years old at the time when that happened, well... We've put on some years, but that doesn't put us out of the game. So where does that spirit lie? Where where is it? Where's that fighting spirit? Where's that pushback? Where's the standing up to evil? Because that's what we had. We didn't have a divided America after 9-11. We had a unified America. If you didn't have an American flag on your house, on your vehicle, in your front lawn, holding up at a ball game. If you didn't have that after 9-11, people thought there was something wrong with you. And we've gone from, from that to this, to this, with these sick degenerates, these fraud sports stars, these loser actors. <laughs> That's what they are. Did you see
1: the the NFL where they had actual fans there in the stadiums? Did and when they when I think it was NFL. Maybe it was NBA. I don't. I don't remember which one. One of the major sports had fans uh-huh. in the stadium, uh-huh. and they did the kneeling during the the, the fans um, did. pledge, or or not the pledge, but the um, the anthem. The fans. No, did. no, no, no. The no, 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 no. The when when the athletes kneeled uh-huh. during the anthem, the fans booed them. It was fantastic.
0: Good, good. I would have. Too. Of course, I wouldn't have been there to begin with. But where's the pushback? Where is it? What? They come out and they promote a message of unity. They promote a message of, of patriotism after 9-11 because that's what it was. And what? We, we only follow it when the TV says to do it? So when they promote this message of division and hatred on the television and in the newspapers and on social media, we just shut up about it. General Flynn was very specific about one thing. He said, we are not the minority. The people that are promoting the hatred, the division, the race politics, the social justice warrior stuff, all, all this crap, right? Those people are in the minority. They're a very small minority. And worse than that, the people that run that minority are an even smaller minority. They're not powerful. They are not in charge. They're not the the uh, the holy ones. They're not the, the righteous. They're losers. They bank on the fact that everyone can be scared into submission. That's what they play on. And they've got all the major corporations on board with it. They got all the social media companies on board with it. They're all woke, right? Because why? They're all going for the reset button and they're all jumping on board with it. Everybody's getting in line because they want to seat at that table on the other side. That's the only reason. If that wasn't the reason, then none of these people would be going along with it. None of these corporations would be going along with it. Somebody comes out and makes these statements like, oh, I don't know, some loser like LeBron James. Oh, yes, he's got all kinds of millions and everything. But the ungrateful... Well, loser got it all from where the American system, the system that is more free than any other place on Earth when it comes to making money. When people come out and say this kind of stuff and they have all kinds of money, they got all kinds of millions, they got all kinds of mansions like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? He comes out. Oh, yes, we have to stay home. We have to we have to lock down again. Well, it's easy for you to say you've got millions of dollars and you've got mansions. That's easy for you to say. What about someone that has to be locked in a two bedroom apartment in Manhattan that has three kids? How's that going to fare for them? What about the person that has a small business that's just trying to make it, that employs five or 10 people? What are they supposed to do? The elite.
1: This is why I think going over the Agenda 21 and 2030, this is why it's so important. It's because the elite are all, whether they're intentionally doing it or not, whether they're being duped and and are, are just following others that know what's going on or whatever the case is, they're pushing towards those agendas and trying to drag us into them. And uh, that's why it's so important knowing about this agenda, knowing what the agenda is. So I'm, I'm looking forward to when we can uh, go over this again. And, and cause there's there's been some other things that we've found and, and have uh, been able to research a little bit. And, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about them, but to mesh them all together and, and bring them all into alignment. It, it, it's quite a, a terrifying scenario. And um, if you if you're a member of the free world, you guys need to be on your toes. You guys should really be paying attention because we're losing those freedoms.
0: I think it kind of goes along the lines of of what I was told by someone else once. And they said that everybody can kind of see what's happening, but no one really knows what to do. And we've talked before about what some possible solutions are. I don't have a definite answer. Everyone's looking for somebody with an answer, right? Everyone's Mm -hmm. looking for Mm -hmm. for some kind of answer from somebody. Just the American people are pretty simple when it comes to that. Same thing with the Europeans. Just tell someone what to do and they're going to do it. Well, case in point, look where we are, right? (laughs) Someone came out and told everybody what to do, and now everyone's doing it. Well, okay, I can understand that to a certain extent when you're trying to do it the right way, but these people are not doing it the right way. We were just supposed to flatten that curve, right? That's all we were Mm -hmm. supposed to do, flatten the curve. All we need is 14 days. That's it. We're on what day now? 100 and what? 151 today. 151. That's the longest 14 days I've ever seen. So, Uh, Yeah. People are pretty simple when it comes to that. If you give them a specific task, then they'll do it. This is why we're seeing the simple tasks, but yet everything gets changed all the time. It's like the rat in the maze looking for a piece of cheese. Mm-hmm. That's what they're treating everyone like until they can figure out what to do a couple of months from now. So this is why I say governments don't have plans. They, they don't have a plan. Not right now. They don't. There's no plan to end this. There is no exit strategy right? We've heard that term a little while. Well, it's the exit strategy. Well, we're looking at doing this and we're looking at doing that and we're, we're, we're going to do this because this is what needs to be done and and we can do it, right? We can do it, but it never ends. It never ends because it goes into another era, but it's an era based on fraud. I mean, these are the people that that got us to this point. They're the ones that collapsed everything. Problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem. You react to it saying, you just need to fix it. We, we just need you to fix this. You need to give us some kind of exit strategy. Just tell us what we need to do and we'll do it. Okay. Well, just give us a solution. Well, they have a solution, but they're the ones that created the problem that caused you to react to it. Problem, reaction, solution. So this is where they are. This is where they're taking us. But a lot of people don't know any more than what's on the surface. If you flip on any news network in the US on television or in Europe, for that matter, I've heard no talk about a reset. I, I watch these things. Right. I keep an eye on this stuff because that's what we do. We sit here and we talk about this stuff. We're in and out of new stuff. all. Bruce, you and I are digging through new stuff all day long every day. All day. Yeah. it's yeah. It's tiring. It really is. Yeah. Because is. we look through it and we're like, look at all this garbage. And we have to dig through it because you have to sift through all this stuff and yeah. you have to figure out what's going on. That's the only way. That's the only way. Everyone wants things packaged up. Well, we try to break through all that here. We try to package everything up in in something that's not too long, something that's 45 minutes to an hour, and we try to give it to you. But I haven't heard any talk about a reset, but I'm sure we will at some point. I'm sure that's what, because they're going to have to start slowly introducing that idea to people because people are going to have to say, okay, well, yeah, maybe we need to do that. So that's what it's going to be. So you'll start hearing that talking point, I think, at some point. But also, I haven't heard anything about Agenda 2030, have you? I haven't heard anything about that. I haven't heard anything about mainstream. No, no, of course not. I haven't heard anything about uh, event 201, that event that happened back. What was it, October? October, I haven't heard anything about that last year. If you in fact, in fact, they've gone so far in some cases to say that if you talk about any of these things, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yep. Well, how is it a conspiracy theory if I go to the World Economic Forum's website and I pull their own documents? that's what we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We told you exactly where to go so you can see it. They're not hiding it. Same thing with the United Nations. I told you exactly where to go to get the agenda on what we're going to talk about when we talk about 2030. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's on their website. They promote it. They talk about it. Event 201. That actually happened. One of the biggest drivers behind that was who? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Does that sound familiar? Does that guy sound familiar? So all these things are going to have to be put together all these things are going to have to be discussed. All these things are going to have to be recognized and we're going to have to understand them because this is where they're taking everybody. And more than that, you think, OK, well, that's not going to affect me. I'm really not involved in all that stuff. They're going to make you involved in that stuff, whether you want to be or not. I had somebody tell me last night, they said, could you please send me the one that you guys did about the uh, the reset? And I sent it to them and I said, why, why do you why do you need that one? They said, well, I have to give it to everybody that I had a conversation with earlier because they they don't know anything about it. See, these are the conversations that need to be had. This is what we have to find out. This is what we have to see as the real agenda behind all this stuff. Because if you think that this is still about a pandemic, then we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. So uh, we are out of time. Why do these things go so fast the last few days? Why? Right. For crying out loud. All right. I might have to switch to two hours at some point. No, <laughs> or at least an hour and a half. Anyway, hour and a half, maybe hour, <laughs> maybe hour and a half. We'll talk about that later. Maybe hour and a half. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. technically, we already do an hour and a half. We do. We do a morning show and we do. We That's do this. True. So That's te- true. Technically, we already do an hour and a half. But the morning show, I mean, I, I kind of like the morning show because it's off topic and it's, you know, it's off mm-hmm. a More lot of back yeah laid back and we talk about a lot of diverse topics on there so it's not just mm-hmm. um you know all the doom and gloom and everything that we talk about in the afternoon right. right but anyway all right for those of you who have not you would like to please do give us a follow on the social media platform of parlor love hearing from you love getting your echoes your likes your feedback your upvotes your comments all the above uh so please do give us a follow over there you can follow me at janderson3 you can follow marty at marty foster can't follow Bruce yet. You will be able to at some point in the future. I'm hopeful still. Also, if you would like to drop us a line and you don't want to go on social media, that's okay too. You can drop us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. You can address it to myself, to Bruce, to GP, Marty, anyone else you like uh, that you'd like to reach out to uh, or just whatever your subject would like to be. Either way, uh, we welcome all your feedback nonetheless. Also, again, please recommend us to friends and family. We would really appreciate that. As we said, we're trying to just get information to people. That's all we want to do. We want to promote good, healthy, relevant conversations with meaning and substance in people's circles. That's all we want to do. That's all we're trying to do here is we're just trying to get people the truth. So if you could pass this along to friends and family, we would really appreciate that. And also, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're rating your podcast. We would really appreciate that as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.